Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Women of Golf Show. I'm Ted Oderico, and joining me is LPJ professional Cindy Miller, and we are your hosts. We're broadcasting live every Tuesday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern here on the blogtalkradio.com network, bringing you some of the best golfers, teacher professionals, and entrepreneurs helping to elevate women's golf. We're so glad you decided to join us this morning, so grab your coffee and let's get started. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Women of Golf Show. I'm Ted Odorico, and right alongside, of course, each and every week is none other than LPGA professional and Legends Tour player, Cindy Miller, and we are your hosts here on the Women of Golf. Good morning, Cindy. Good morning, Theodore. What up? <laughs> what up? Well, some of that, <laughs> that cold wind, <laughs> really, <laughs> don't get me started. Um, some of that cold wind is blown down here. Uh, my way, so it's kind of cooled things down. It, it, you know, it actually feels pretty nice. It, it reminds me of, of being back uh, up north, uh, those nice, cool fall mornings. Uh, so it's a little cooler down here, but I'm not complaining. Um, I'm not going to complain. Um, but we got a great show for you this morning, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, this week, uh, we're going to jump back into the no BS zone. Uh, and our topic uh, this morning is going to be nine tips to help your junior golfers. And we've got some great uh, things that we're going to talk about here. And then a little bit later on, we're going to be joined for the first time, a uh, very special guest, Val Patrick. Uh, she's an LPGA Class A uh, golf professional, and she's going to join us on the second half. So we hope you will stick around for the show. And just on a side note, uh, for those of you uh, who subscribe to Morning Read, I'm sure you're familiar with that. Uh, both of the shows, uh, Women of Golf and Golf Talk Live, are now available uh, under their podcast section. So if you happen to be on Morning Read and you like to listen to some podcasts, there's two great shows now added to the mix for you to listen to. First and foremost, every Tuesday, uh, the Women of Golf, and then Thursday nights, uh, you'll find me on Golf Talk Live. So we we'll hope you tune in. Uh, wherever you might be listening, uh, that's a great place to start. All right, so uh, let me also remind everybody, that, of course, that Women of Golf is brought to you by the iGolf Sports Network and Golf Tips Magazine, iGolf Sports is a live stream broadcast and media production company providing top quality programming designed to attract the golfing enthusiast. And of course, Golf Tips, the game's most in-depth instruction magazine, offering insightful reviews on the latest equipment, tips from top PGA and LPGA teacher professionals, all designed to help improve your game, your game excuse me, from tee to green. So subscribe today at golftipsmag.com. I thought I'd get through that. All right, Cindy, um, we're going to now enter into the no BS zone, and that means we're going to give it to you straight. We're going to tell you exactly our thoughts and our views on uh, whatever topic we have here in the no BS. So uh, we're going to get started. So golf, Cindy, is a unique uh, treat that can be enjoyed, I think, at any age. Uh, if you teach a child to play, and they will have a foundation in place uh, for decades of enjoyment on the course alongside friends and family. Um, so here are some tips, Cindy, to keep golf uh, fun and exciting for juniors. And the first one, I think first and foremost, uh, is to find a golf professional in order to give your child room to grow. And one of the things, and I want to get your thoughts on this particularly, because uh, I know that you, uh, you do a great job, you and Alan. Um, you want to do your research, though. Research your area and locate an instructor who specializes in junior golf programs, is certified, or at least has a significant experience teaching kids. Um, your thoughts there. Great point, I think, right? Yeah, because not everybody likes little minions. Um, no. So I would say absolutely. I would, you know what I would do? I would go to uskidsgolf.com, and I would look up uh, certified instructors, and they have a map for the whole world of who's certified uh, U.S. kids instructors, and then that will show you who has taken the time to go learn to get certified to train children. That's what I would do because it's absolutely imperative that not only they like children, but they like teaching children. Yeah, because it's it's different, isn't it? Because, you know, I mean, there's a lot of great, you know, uh, golf instructors, male and female, literally circle the globe. Uh, But not everybody works with juniors. Uh, Some may dabble a little bit, but, 
there are others that really, really specialize uh, in junior programs. And that's important because you want somebody that's certainly comfortable working with children uh, of all ages. I mean, there's some great, uh, you know, we've had a few on, on the show over the years. Uh, Kate Tempesta, of course, uh, works with uh, youngsters and that. Uh, Nicole Weller out in the Carolinas, um, you know, works with a lot of juniors. She's an LPGA professional. And, you know, they specialize. Now, they certainly do teach adults, too. I'm not getting, saying that they teach juniors only, uh, but they, they work with um, juniors specifically because they really enjoy it, and they've got a good report. And, Cindy, you and Alan have uh, some great programs. Again, you teach adults and of all ages, but you have really also zeroed in uh, with your junior programs as well and, and really helping to, to grow the game in that area. And that's important to find somebody that really enjoys and is good at working with juniors. Wouldn't you agree? I, I totally agree. I, again, I think it's really important. Um, and, and you know what the other part is? You've got to almost designate what age juniors. So I had a woman sign up two uh, children for each a half-hour private lesson last week, and one of them was three and one of them was five. <laughs> And I said, um, this is probably not the best use of your money. So I said, let me right. help both of them for a half hour together to have some fun. And then I said, I have a group lesson after this. Have them stay for the group. We're going to go play putt-putt. Well, they had a ball. And, and again, it's about having fun when they're that small. But some people don't want to teach kids that are that little, and it's really important that the parent realize that you're not going to teach a three-year-old how to set up to the ball and grip it right. You know, so I ripped right. some, some paper, and I plopped the paper on the mat, and I said, your job is to make this paper disappear. And, of course, the ball was in front of it. So, and he, you know, the mother's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, we want to get the ball in the air, so we've got to scoop the paper up. Oh, well, that was the game, you know, and they had a ball. But, but, again, the parents need to understand that you can't start your child at three years old saying, all right, let's grip it right. You know, you, you just can't do that. So yeah, they, it has they don't, to be appropriate for the age. Right, exactly. It has to be age appropriate. And we're going to get into specific a little bit more uh, here in just a moment. But um, the other thing, too, I think, and, and, again, it depends on the age groups and that, but specifically for really young juniors, um, a lot of people have found, uh, and maybe not everybody agrees, but group instruction sometimes works best. Uh, kids sometimes, especially if they're shy in that, um, they kind of feel more comfortable if they're with some of their friends, and, and I don't mean necessarily their literal friends, but um, you know, with other kids their age or within their age group uh, working. So what do you think about that, Cindy? Do you think in some cases, maybe not every case, uh, you know, obviously as they progress, uh, then you can isolate them a little bit more and work specifically on their game, but do you think it's a good idea to start a junior, maybe in a group uh, format, just to make them feel a little bit more at ease. What are, you, what are your thoughts? I believe that it depends on the age and the interest in the child. Um, because again, it depends. You know, if the child is is seven or eight or nine, and the parents been having them hit balls at the driving range a lot, and if they're really really shy, maybe you start with a half hour private lesson. And get them warmed up mm -hmm. to you. I had a friend who we used to teach him when he was little, and now he's got a nine-year-old daughter, and she's really shy. So I said, you know, have her come for a private lesson first, and then once she understands that I'm safe and fun, then you can bring her to the group. So it depends mm -hmm. on the child, but, I, yes, most times it will be group first. Yeah, I think especially when you're, when you're working with really young children, uh, again, um, sometimes, you know, depending on the child, some are different, of course, um, you know, as we all are different, but, um, I, I agree. I think that, you know, work them in, uh, depending on the circumstance, depending on the age group they're in, particularly if they're really young, I think it's good to start them in a group and let them have fun and they can kind of play with one another. And, 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 you know, you're not really getting into the meat and potatoes of, of, uh, golf at that point anyway. So I think a, a good group environment is, uh, is nice to start them off. And then as they progress and as they develop more interest, then you can kind of, shuffle them aside into, into your private uh, lessons and so forth. Um, my point that I was starting to make uh, or was going to make uh, something off that you said, and that is young, younger kids need variety. Uh, um, you're certainly never too young to learn, but the smallest 
swingers, as they say, needed a mixture of activities uh, to keep clinics and lessons fresh and exciting. Um, I go back real quick, and then and I get you to, to jump in here, is um, I taught kids, actually my friend of mine and I both uh, were coaches for a very young t-ball team years ago. Uh, and it happened to be boys at that time. And I found if we didn't keep things kind of really interested and really fresh and, and kind of getting them going uh, and working as, as a group, what often would happen is two or three of them would isolate themselves and they'd be playing out in the sand, you know, on the ball diamond and whatnot, and they would lose interest. So I think it's very, very important, especially for young, young kids, um, that you do things to keep them engaged and not just sort of, you know, well, here we're going to get into this over here and over there uh, and not being specific. What are your thoughts there? Because that is something, especially for really young kids, keeping their, their interest peaked because, you know, they have very short attention spans at that, especially at a young age. Your thoughts? Yes, they do. I mean, it, <laughs> <laughs> again, I, I do my steps and burn my calories for the hour that I'm with them on Thursdays and Saturdays, but you have to, okay, let's go. We're going to bring your chippers. Everybody get 10 balls. Let's go do this. And then, you know, now we're going to go play putt-putt. Now we're going to go finish the balls. And, you know, you got about 15, 20 minutes of, you know, this is fun and now I'm bored. So you absolutely have to change it up. Have to change it up. Yeah. Yeah, you've got to mix it up. And and don't be afraid to bring in, you know, one of the things that, and the reason why I mentioned her, um, you know, Nicole Weller, who um, has really done a great job. She brings, I mean, I've seen her with inflatable dinosaurs out there, and she's got all kinds of things to keep them. Now, again, of course, we're talking about really young uh, juniors here that are just really starting out. Uh, but the idea is to keep it fun and engaged. And then, obviously, as they develop and they mature, you know, then they can get into, and this comes to the next thing, um, you know, is don't sweat the details. It's number four, don't sweat the details, solid fundamentals, certainly are important, but it's fine for a beginner to have flaws, you know, Cindy as an example, in their grip or stance, as long as they're hitting the ball and having fun. And most importantly, they want to come back. They want to return to the course. If you're not making it interesting and you're getting too complicated too quickly for some of these juniors, they're not coming back. Am I right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Yeah. There's no way. So you have to make sure that you, again, if they have fun and they bring other kids with them, it depends on the age. I've got a group that I'm doing tonight with 10 kids that we've been doing the Miller Golf Scoring Program since June, and it's amazing how many new um, 7th to 10th grade kids have started playing golf because they couldn't play hockey or soccer or baseball. So now they're playing golf. And, and, and I said to them, you know, if you guys want to keep going, you got 10 months to make the golf team for next year. Are we on a mission or are you just here to have fun? And, and you have to, depending on the age, you need to ask that question because the parent might be, oh, this kid's going to get a free scholarship. And the kid might be, I don't even know if I like golf. So you have to right. find a balance between the two, uh, make sure you do that because it could be difficult and just make sure that you have that conversation with both the child and the parent because otherwise the parent's going to be mad at you and the kid's going to love you or the other way around. So it can be very confusing. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And and point number five, Cindy, is get on course as, as soon as possible. And again, obviously, you know, you're factoring age appropriate here, but uh, juniors that spend too much time, you know, uh, banging balls on the driving range are going to lose uh, interest. So I think once, you know, there, you know, there's some uh, ability and again, they're, we're not saying that they have to be shooting in the sixties or something, but once they have some general ability, let's get them out in the golf course. Let's start, you know, matching them up what golf is really all about. And so instead of just hitting golf balls on the range, um, you know, th- that's just my thought. I don't work now. I'm going to recuse myself here. I don't work with juniors uh, of choice. Not that I don't love kids, but I just don't work with juniors. I find my, you know, my expertise is in a different area. But Cindy, I know you work with a lot of juniors uh, in your uh, teaching as well as Alan does and that. And do you agree with that? Do you think that, you know, there comes a point in time, listen, we got to get them out in the golf course. We got to start teaching them how to play this game as opposed to just hitting golf balls. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Again, and that's what we've been doing. We take these kids out to play. So then at the, at the dome, because we're inside now, needless to say, because it's cold outside, I'm in Buffalo, New York. Uh, we do, okay, we're going to get it up and down. Now we have to chip it here and we have to putt from here and everything's got to be a scoring and an accountability thing, again, depending on the age. But there's always ha- there always has to be a goal. And like last week I said, okay, your job is to chip it and make it stay on the green. It cannot go over the green or can't be short of the green. And then, right. you know, they were like, oh, and, and you have to do this 10 times or you can't go home. <laughs> they have to stay in the dome in the dark all night and pick up the balls by hand by themselves. <laughs> oh, I'm a sick puppy. Now, for for the for the young juniors, that would probably be an instant start crying mode. Now, if they were teenage juniors, uh, they'd probably say, "Okay, that's great. I don't have to go home tonight." So, so it's, you got to be careful with that one because it depends on what their age group is. Some may not want to go home; they want to go out and have a good time. But no, you're you're exactly right. You've you've got to You've got to get them engaged in the game itself at some point. And, and obviously that, that's a very creative way, by the way, that you're doing that because, you know, you're having to because the the, uh, the change in the climate, you've, you've got to work with what you've got. But that's a great way is giving them a task while they're in that environment. If they can't get out on the golf course to play, let's create some games that challenge them um, that would very much simulate what they'd be faced with out in the golf course. So that, I think that's great. This goes to number six, goes to the point that you were talking about a, a moment ago, but I, you might want to uh, expand a little bit. Um, let your child decide. Uh, after all, it's their journey. Um, so let them decide. Not all junior golfers want to play in tournaments. Uh, some might like to compete, but only in group setting. Uh, others may uh, enjoy the game, but uh, just because uh, they can be outside and spend hours sharing good shots and laughter with friends, what have you. Uh, parents who push their child down the wrong path um, may drive their child away from the game. And that happens, Cindy, I know you've talked about this before. Uh, the decision to pursue a tournament title, college scholarship, you know, professional career, should always come from the golfer and no one else. This is huge um, because how many times have you been in a scenario, Cindy, where, you know, parents are coming with their kids, you know, the kid's got an interest in the game, and maybe they've had a discussion about playing, you know, collegiate golf or uh, have aspirations for something else, and only to find out a little bit later that, well, no, maybe that's coming more from the parents than it is the child. What do you think? Um, I, I agree. My fear is that, um, and, and you know what's funny? I had, I'm having this conversation with all the kids that we teach, and one of them had said that he wanted to play college golf. And I said, okay, do you want to be a walk-on? Do you want to start or do you want to be the number one player on the team? Do you want to go to D1, D2, D3? And now's the time to start thinking about that because the effort mm-hmm. that you put in now will give you the rewards later. And I don't want you to be a senior and say, oh, I want to play college golf because now it's too late. So you've got yeah. to plan all that. And, the, and the, you know, I say to them, you can go to a school that the golf team's not that good and you can play in every match or you can try, I, I've got kids doing both ways. I've got a young woman who's a walk-on at a D1 school who's fighting her way to be in the top five. And she may never mm-hmm. play, but she doesn't want to transfer. I'm like, okay, that's great. That's what you want. So it all depends on what they want, and then you're going to identify you know, the effort and the work that they're going to put in to get the goal. Make sense? Yeah, exactly right. And I think it's okay, you know, if parents encourage their children or, um, you know, it's okay to give them a little nudge, you know, if they're unsure. Um, I don't have a problem with that. It's when the parent becomes overbearing to the point where now it's no longer about the child, it's about what they want. And often what happens is the child gets, you know, there's too much pressure uh, coming on them to perform and, and to meet expectations from the parents, let alone you know, try to rise above their own, um, you know, demons, if you will. And suddenly now the child starts to, you know, walk away from the game or doesn't just feel, it's not as enthusiastic about the game any longer. Um, And then it just, it gets to a point where they just don't want to play. 
Um, they're not having fun. They're not enjoying. It's not what they expected, or there's too much pressure put on them. So um, you've got to find that balance. And I think for parents, you've got to listen to the coach, to, to the instructor that you know your child is working with, and take cues from them. They're going to be able to guide you as well as the child to say, you know, little Johnny or Susie or whatever, you know, needs some really, you know, a nudge or two here and there in this area. You know, it's okay to, to encourage them that, but don't become overbearing. So it, it's a balancing act, and that's with everything in life, not just golf. Um, number seven is slumps, as we all know, are part of sports. Uh, every golfer reaches a point where uh, scores aren't improving because, you know, putts aren't dropping, and maybe your, your drives are missing their target. So um, this is one, you know, Cindy, that can be, you know, is good in some ways because you learn from, from you know, sort of your mistakes if you're not hitting shots correctly and whatnot. Uh, but it can also be detrimental, especially for juniors. If they're not seeing results, or the, especially as they get a little bit older and they're not, you know, things are not happening, um, they can really get down on themselves. So what can we do, do you think, to, you know, when, when a child, you see them start getting into that slump where they're not hitting, hitting the mark all the time, um, what, what are some things that you like to do to try to help turn that around and, and assure them that, hey, this is just a temporary thing? Well, you know what's funny that you say that? We multiple students of ours have found the highs and lows. And so what we do is we use their stories to encourage the others. And we've even had Chelsea D'Antonio on our show with us here. And she was going through a swing change. She's trying to turn pro and she's going through the swing change. She needed to hit it further. I got news for you. This girl's hitting it 20 to 30 yards farther than she's ever hit it. I played with her in a pro-am and I was like, are you kidding me? I mean, just so much better. It's not funny. And so that being said, Alan asked her to write up a little story about, you know, how long did it take you to change and how hard was it to work on it? And did you believe that you were going to get the success? And, and again, we have another young man who played terrible all through his high school matches this fall, just, you know, three, four weeks ago, and then finishes in the top 10 of the sectionals right, and beats everybody on his team, and he's qualified to go to the state championship thing. And so, again, it's like you have to know that no one ever arrives at golf, and there's highs and lows, and every time you want to reach a new level, you might go down before you go up. And we just have to encourage people to know that. Yeah, you know, with very few exceptions, um, and even then that would be pushing it a bit, you're going to have a lot more lows than you are highs in golf. That's just the, the, the percentages just pan out that way. You're going to lose more, uh, you know, uh, strokes and, and tournaments and whatnot than you're going to win. And you might win a lot. You might be somebody like a Tiger Woods or an Annika Swordstam or, or uh, you know, uh, Nancy Lopez, you know, whoever that has won a lot of tournaments. But when you look at it, the grand scheme of things, how many events that they've played in, in, their, in their careers thus far um, – that number skews quite a bit. So, you know, be prepared for that. It, golf can, is an extremely challenging game. There's no ifs, ands, and buts. We're not sugarcoating anything. But it can be a lot of fun. It can be extremely rewarding. And don't look at it on, at, on the big picture. Look at it at the small picture. And what I mean by that is focus shot by shot. Treat each shot like it's a mini event. Okay, what do I have to do here? Um, and if you don't pull it off the way you hoped it pull up, don't sweat it. Move on because you've got another shot and another one and another one. Um, so there's always, you know, it's always going to change. And I think sometimes people get into these slumps. We've seen some of the best in the world get in slumps. And, uh, you know, some are able to turn themselves around in a short period of time. Others, it, it's actually been detrimental to their career. Uh, Ian Baker Finch comes to mind. He got into, uh, you know, he, the mental side of the game got the better of him. And now he's in the broadcaster's booth, which is nothing wrong with that. But, you know, who knows how much further he might have been able to go in his career, um, you know, had he been able to turn it around a little bit differently. So, you know, we're all going to get into a slump. We all do. It's not a big deal. You can push through it. And I think if you're working with somebody like a Cindy Miller, uh, you're going to get to the other side real quick. Um, Number eight, parents don't rush to spend. Um, You know, it can be tempting to, to rush out. You know, your kids express an interest in golf. Uh, maybe there's even some other sport, and you're out there buying, you know, the expensive golf clubs and flashy clothes as soon as your son or daughter mentions they'd like to spend an afternoon in the golf course. Um, well, you know what? Put the brakes on your debit card or your or your your American Express 
uh, you know, for a minute. Let's see what's going to happen. Cindy, this is something I know you've seen. They come out with all the equipment, and then a few, you know, months or so later, or even weeks, the kid decides, eh, I don't want to play golf or I don't really like it. Now they've got all this equipment collecting dust in their garage, right? That's for sure. And again, you know, don't even buy clubs. Just use clubs. Find out if the if the place where you're going to take the lesson and the instructor, if they have some clubs that the child can use, uh, don't even purchase anything, right? Or get some well, used ones. Right. Mm-hmm. Just- yeah, there, there's... Yeah, there's so many ways now, uh, you know, most golf clubs uh, have equipment there, and a lot of them are even carrying junior clubs, believe it or not, now. Uh, there's a lot of great, uh, you know, opportunities out there. Um, and, and, and see what, you know, see if they really enjoy it. I mean, let's, let's find out first and foremost if they're serious. I mean, how many times have they said, you know, Mom, Dad, I, I think I want to join the baseball team, and you go out there and, you know, you pay to, for them to have the uniform, you, you buy them a nice glove or or a baseball bat, and you're thinking, great, we're going to go out and, and you know, throw. Dad's going to throw the old softball with Junior, and they get up there, and after a few throws, he says, you know what, uh, this is not really something I enjoy, and you know, now you've got it again, collecting dust. Same thing, you know, uh, I want to take these lessons, or I want to do that, and uh, you know, that that's the fun of being a kid. You know, you want to experiment, you want to try new things, and there's nothing wrong with that. But don't go out there and start, you know, blowing the billfold, if you will, um, on buying all kinds of equipment until you see if they're really serious about playing. You know, get them a, a lesson, and and most instructors can can help, you know, get you some, uh, you know, equipment to use uh, at their facility uh, temporarily for your junior to to you know get out there and and let's maybe try a couple of lessons first and see if they're even going to be engaged, see what their thought process is, um, and then you know if there's a serious commitment, then it's time to. Uh, you know, maybe look at, at purchasing some equipment. But again, you don't have to go out and buy the biggest and the best and the most expensive. Just make sure that they're fitted properly for your little, uh, you know, your little one there. Um, that's really the only thing. And then as they, you know, progress later on, uh, you know, then you can take a look at, at maybe upgrading or something. But uh, just don't, you know, put it back in your wallet. Let's wait and see whether the kid uh, is going to gravitate to the game. Um, I, I think that's, in my opinion, I think that's some sound advice. And then finally, Cindy, number nine is enjoy this game together. Um, whether you're father and son, mother and daughter, or some other combination, you know, maybe walk nine holes on a summer, uh, warm summer evening. Start a holiday tradition of sharing around uh, and observe whether this, you know, whether there's rain, sleet, or wind. You know, get out there and enjoy it. Watch major championships uh, together. You know, maybe learn a bit about the history of the game. Maybe attend a, uh, a PGA or LPGA tour event and observe uh, those that play the game uh, best. Um, I think that's probably the first and foremost is let's, you know, let's do something as a family and golf is a great game as a family. Right, Cindy? That it is. And, and yeah, I mean, just time together out on the course, outside with nature i i mean again i absolutely love going out you know late in the evening all by myself or with the kids and the family and with my grandson and my granddaughters it's just you know it's amazing it's awesome and it's fun and it's bonding time yep you know i i remember years ago yeah i remember years ago in my teens i got a summer job at my local golf course and i remember you know because we had to be there early, you know, when you're cutting the greens and stuff. And I remember this woman, she was probably probably about mid-60s, maybe a little bit later, and every morning at 5.30, she would be out there walking the front nine. Um, and, you know, we got to know her over time, of course, and uh, she was a member there. And she said, I just love coming out. And I remember, you know, the, the next summer when I came out, there was a little boy with her. And so, of course, you know, you strike up a conversation. I said, you know, who's this little guy? And it was her grandson. And she was introducing him to the game. Um, for the most part, he was just kind of walking around and picking, you know, chasing bugs and whatnot. But she wanted to introduce him to the game. So every morning she would bring him with her. And she lived just down the street. She'd walk down to the golf course. She had a pull cart. And she would walk and play just nine holes. But she introduced her grandson to the game. And I often think back now, and I wonder if that young man – uh, who's probably a little older now, but, um, you know, maybe took to the game just from that exposure. So, you know, that's a great way. Just introduce, 
you know, introduce them to the game. Don't rush them into the game. Introduce them. You know, take them out to the golf course for lunch. You know, even uh, you know if you're a member somewhere, or even if you're not, just go to your local golf course. Uh, you know, they have a lot of great uh, great food there, um, and just get out there and in- introduce them because I think once they get bitten, Cindy, wouldn't you agree? Once they get kind of bitten by that bug, um, they're going to want to come back on their own. Absolutely, absolutely. And it may you know, be you, years later, you know, it, it, right. it might not be right away. And, and you need to know that they need to have a good experience because it takes a long time to get over the bad experience. I've had so many people come in for lessons that say, you know, I played golf when I was little and my parents made me do junior golf and I hated it. And, again, that right. might be <laughs> because the teacher who taught the junior golf lessons hated doing it and you had the wrong person so again i I gotta tell you i was at a pga teaching summit national summit and there was a guy up on the stage and i will never forget this he said once i graduated from teaching the women and children i said what did you just say Mm -hmm. again if his perception of teaching the women and children was now I'm, you know, the low life of the club. I'm like, you know what? Give them all to me. I'll take them all. And that's what I oh, do. Yeah. You know, so again, again, it depends. You want them to have a great experience. And that's what this is all about. Because then they're going to love the I, game at some point. Yeah, I couldn't. I, I couldn't agree more. You know, I think just introducing them to the game. And again, you know, just in your, your case, Cindy, I mean, you've got, uh, you know, your children, some really gravitated to golf uh, and, and play golf and others maybe not so much. But, uh, you know, your daughter Kelly, of course, has been involved with the golf channel. Um, you know, even though she plays a little bit, doesn't really maybe play she's as well as, as she would like. <laughs> no, she's not very good. But, but she found some way of being involved and she enjoys it because, you know, you, you and Alan – are essentially a golfing family. And, uh, you know, your son Jamie went on to uh, compete to, at a higher level. And, of course, uh, you know, he's uh, a and businessman now. And Matt Right. And Matt, yeah, you know, and, and our third, but, our third ch- Yeah. But he, but he plays and he, he plays with his friends, you know. And he plays right. for fun. And so That's right. So whatever you want to do, whether you want to just play for fun or whether you want to be a competitive golfer, that's really up to you. But, Here's some tips that we gave, as I said, to uh, at least get them started on the right foot. So we hope you take note of that. All right, we've got to move on, Cindy. Uh, great discussion, great conversation. And uh, we've got a, a very special guest, uh, first time on the show, uh, Val Patrick. She's an LPGA Class A uh, golf professional. And uh, back in uh, the mid-60s, she, her dad actually took her to the golf course. And he uh, heard about a man that worked with juniors and uh, – thought would be able to coach her and his name was Art Pryor. He owned a Parmore golf course and driving range, one of the most unique uh, golf facilities in East Lansing, Michigan. Uh, and uh, she went on to uh, work with him and uh, she actually herself ended up playing in uh, virtually every junior tournament possible for girls in the state of Michigan and competed uh, literally from the age of 10 and up until college. Uh, and she was winning and placing in the top five uh, of many local and state tournaments. And uh, she said it was fun to see her name, in the local sports section of the Lansing State Journal. So uh, let's uh, welcome her to the show, uh, our very special guest, Val Patrick. Good morning, my friend. Good morning, Cindy. How are you today? Good. Say hello to Ted. He's our hostess of the mostest. Oh, good morning, <laughs> Ted. Thank you so much. Uh, so just You're real, well- it's a real treat, treat to be here. Well, we're, well, we we're honored thrilled. to, to have yeah, we're we're honored to have you joining us, and uh, we appreciate you taking time out of your day. Um, Cindy, I'm going to let you go ahead and you, you start off uh, our, our discussion. Well, Val happens to be one of my favorite people in the world, um, so I thank you for, for coming on the show with us. Can you, let's start with, how's your summer been? Because you're up in Seattle. Are things okay? Well, um, interesting, you know, we we had a uh, kind of a, a rough start out here. March, April, and May, we were pretty much closed. Uh, the golf courses were not open. 
um, nothing really opened until about mid-May. And at that point, you know, we had people that were chomping at the bit. But um, since then, um, we've been, uh, golf basically exploded halfway through June. And um, with that slow start, it was um, golf courses, tee times. You couldn't you couldn't find a tee time around here. So it was it was it was a interesting from March, April, and and then into into July. So um, unlike other parts of the country, I don't know how it was in Buffalo or. It seemed like Florida and Arizona, they were all socially distancing, but with the COVID outbreak basically starting here in Kirkland, Washington, um, our governor took action and said, okay, everybody's closed until, and uh, we opened in phases like many other places, but golf courses were actually closed for half of March, all of April, and... um, right up until May, like I say. So um, interesting season for sure. Yeah, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly with that. Um, let me ask you, um, Val, on, on that top topic, because, you know, as you were sort of alluding to, you know, golf has, has really in a lot of ways has benefited in most of the country um, with sort of built-in social distancing, if you will. Um, what do you think when all said and done, because there has been uh, really a boom in golf, uh, I, I call it sort of a booster shot in the arm. Um, what do you think the industry in your – yeah, I mean, really it has, because, you know, a lot of folks had, had really nothing to do. You know, we couldn't do a lot of other things. So, you know what, uh, hey, golf is open. Yeah, I've never played before, but, you know, I'm going to give it a shot because at least I'm getting out of the house. Um, is there something do you think that the industry, that the industry could take away uh, when all said and done, if we you know move into next year? What do you think the industry can learn from this year um, with the sort of influx of golfers? Well, that's a great question. Um, since since July, my uh, my business basically exploded with people wanting to now all of a sudden learn how to play, wanted to play, didn't know where to start. Um, So I was getting flooded with phone calls and emails. Um, Even the, one of my uh, colleagues who's a PGA pro down at our local, uh, one of the local courses, the Nile golf course, which is also connected to the Shriners uh, children's hospitals. I'm sure you're both familiar with that organization. And um, he actually invited me to come to the golf course and take take people that he couldn't keep up teaching and running the golf course at the same time. So I had this flood of new new business all of a sudden. And in the month of July, I saw uh, 60 women, 10 men, and 10 juniors. And they all wanted to learn how to play golf. So I had this uh, 16 weekly playing lessons that was such a new, uh, I, I mean, it was a new a new thing for me even to try and wrap my head around from being an uh, instructor at a, at a range or a facility where it just had a studio to now all of a sudden I'm booking tea times uh, a week in advance and managing to get people from one course to another course and um, just just totally, excuse me, <clears throat> totally playing and teaching them how to play uh, from, uh, you know, I mean, it was just overwhelming. So as you can probably tell by how I'm trying to explain this, um, mm-hmm. everybody wanted to be on the golf course. It was the one thing we could do socially uh, distancing and um, just getting them outside was their number one goal and my number one priority. So I had um, 
I was able to actually do that from uh, July right up until, you know, last week of October here. And um, gosh, I think all said and done from July, August, September, and October, I had a total of 58 on-course lessons with people that had never been on the golf course before. So, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Wow. Wow. <laughs> so, Do you need a drink? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, oh, my God. Yeah, so it was. Uh, it's been fun, you know. I, I, I couldn't have asked for a better outcome from having a, you know, something so, you know, effective COVID nineteen and the pandemic to turn into yeah. this kind of uh, meeting all these new people, teaching them a game that you know has been my love for my whole entire life, and finding a way to help them have fun because. It, it didn't. It wasn't about this so much the seriousness of people wanting to, you know, I'm, I've got to get better at this game. They just wanted to go out and have fun. They wanted some way to be outside, and they knew they heard the word golf somehow, and they decided this is what I want to do. So, um, you know, I, I took the 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 program, the LPGA Golf 101 program and kind of the Operation 36 side where I was teaching people, let's go out on the golf course, this regulation, beautiful course at the Nile, and we would start from either 25 or 50 yards, and that's how I taught them how to play. So they learned um, pace of play. They learned everything about, you know, rules, where to stand, who goes first, um, how to how – to, um, you know, check yourself into the pro shop, how to make a tee time, what kind of clubs you need for this kind of shot. I mean, in people that didn't have clubs, I was I was supplying them with clubs that I basically have in my, out of my garage, you know, from, you know, mm-hmm. and Cindy, you know this, we have to have clubs for people that don't have clubs and aren't going to buy clubs right away until they know if they can, if they're going to like it or not. Half the time, these people didn't know they were going to like it until they played, so that was a everything flipped so yeah i've been i've wow. been totally blessed totally blessed this year so yeah I, I just got yeah i just want to say real quick and then cindy i'll i'll let you go um that's a that's an incredibly smart move that you did val because i i got to tell you one of the biggest mistakes i think sometimes with new golfers is we start them at the other end we start them on the tee and you know, we try to teach the whole game and so forth, and, and it's, it can be very overwhelming, especially for somebody that's never picked up a club before. So I think, you know, doing Operation 36, getting them start from real close to the green and just, you know, the shorter shots and, and teaching the basics right from there is less overwhelming, less daunting, uh, and they're going to have more fun. And then you kind of inch them back as, as they begin to develop. So I think that was really smart on your part to introduce them to the game like that because that's going to keep them around and keep them excited and interested. So that was a great move on, on your part to start them out like that. Uh, well oh, done. Th- thank um, you. Thank you, Ted. That makes me feel good. Yeah, they, when, they, when they only needed two or three clubs to start with, it was much more manageable than, okay, you've got this whole bag, and what do I do with all these? And Yeah, so it was, right. it was I've, just had a, I've just had a great time. Yeah, well done. What time um, of day ahead. did you do this? What time of day did you do this? <laughs> I did it all day, <laughs> seven days a week. Um, wow. You know, it was one did of those. Did you teach them how um, to hit it first? Oh, yeah, I did. I did teach them how, okay. to, how to hold the club. <clears throat> Excuse me, how to hold the club. Um, I had a little uh, grassy area at this place that, that's pretty good practice. You can hit about a, oh, 30-yard pitch, pitching wedge shot and um, and then a practice putting green. So I had I had you know tubes of range balls because um, I, I made sure everybody wasn't touching each other's golf golf balls and so they were they would hit their own golf balls they would pick their own golf balls up and then um, they'd carry their their two or three clubs around the course and you know I mean it, it just worked so it, it didn't it. matter if the it didn't matter if the grip was perfect it didn't matter if um, you know, they they stepped across somebody's line on the green. They were having fun, 
And, you know, mm-hmm. I, I'd like to think that through the winter here, um, you know, I, I, I still have people booking series with me now from November and December. So I created another uh, winter lesson special so I can keep engaged with all these new players throughout, throughout the winter. Very smart. That's awesome. Yeah, that's. Mm-hmm. Cindy, go ahead. So let me ask you this: Where do you teach in the winter? Because it does get cold there. It does get cold here, so um, we we bundle up like people do in Buffalo, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we we have good rain gear. Um, there's a couple of ranges that have um, they're covered with heat, but they're outdoors. Um, we don't we don't have a dome or anything like that where you are, but um, so we'll we'll go hit hit some practice at the at the driving range and it's Jackson Park, um, that's in Seattle, and then there's uh, Columbia Super Range, and then there's also Snohomish Valley uh, Golf in Driving Range, which is down in the valley, which they have a they have a hundred. 100 T stations. Um, I think there's like 30, 35 or 40 that are actually outdoors on the grass, and then the other rest 70 are covered. So there's there's lots of places I can take people to practice in the winter. So you do not teach in a studio inside. No, I do not teach in an indoor studio. Ever or just in the winter. No, ever. Got it. Hmm. Do you teach in a studio, Ted? No, I don't need to. Uh, I teach outside. Um, You know, being in Florida, we have pretty, you know, even in the winter, I'm in northwest Florida, so it does get a little cooler, obviously, than some of the areas like in Orlando and and further south. But no, Uh, I've never been in a studio before and I've worked in studios. I just don't personally, I just don't like them. Um, for me, I just find it's it's not. Uh, I like to see where the ball's going, and uh, most of the courses that uh, I, because I'm an independent, I go to multiple courses depending on where my uh, clients are. But uh, no, we work out in the range, and it's you know if on the really really cold days, you know we'll we'll adjust the schedule accordingly. But uh, you know I'm I'm very blessed that way. I'm in Florida, so we pretty much uh, 365. We can we can play this game. But no, I don't I don't work. From studios either yeah i don't think i i would feel claustrophobic or whatever the however you say the word i, I don't think i could mm-hmm. do it so what's the temperature get to down there in seattle i mean like how cold um, does it get where you would cancel a lesson oh well if it if it was freezing if it was 32 degrees we nobody would want to go out because that's that would be the the bottom the bottom line for for cold um but 45, 50, you know, 40 degrees, we're typically out there. If, it's, yeah. if, it, if there's a threat of frost, then we will, we will not even entertain going to a golf course. So, Wow. Hmm. Holy cow. So what's the winter program? Tell me about that. So the winter program is going to be, um, I really like uh, having a com- uh, composition of at least two to three um, lessons that are going to be either on on course around a practice green and then um, one session on the driving range and then one playing lesson. And so it, it will still be, you know, wrapped around uh, kind of watching the weather and making sure, okay, this this will be the day that we go play. And if it rains, it rains, we go play, because that's what we do in the Pacific Northwest. If we waited for a yeah. day where it might, might might not rain, we might be waiting a long time. So we just dress for it, teach people how to go play in the rain. Um, so that's what we do. Wow. Hardy people. Yeah, I like – Yeah. You know, you're exactly right, though, Val, because, you know, you've got to, you know, you you can't just wait for a perfect sunny day. 
Uh, it's just not going to happen, uh, especially where you are. I know um, I've got some friends that teach up in British Columbia, and it's the same thing, obviously, on the same side of, of, the, of uh, Canada as, as you are in the U.S., Sure, and sure. yeah, if they if they and they have a lot more rain going going on than than you know the other side of the country. So uh, you know they're like you. I mean, they they go out there and they make the bet. And you know what? People understand that they're used to it uh, that that are in those areas. And um, you know, a little rain's not going to stop them. And I think it's important. I, I like the fact that you know you you got a great winter program. And and again, I, I want to pay you a compliment. It's very smart. Um, really having a good winter program set up for some of these new golfers that have come to the game because, you know, the last thing you want to do is you've got a new crop of students that have come out uh, this year because of the pandemic. The last thing you want to do is, is have, you know, four or five months where they're not getting back out there or they're not involved in it and suddenly decide, well, you know what, I don't want to do it anymore or they lose interest. So keeping them engaged uh, and encouraging them to stay engaged throughout the winter months uh, is, is going to serve you well in the long run. It's going to keep them interested in the game and wanting to, to participate. So kudos to you. Um, yes, I have a question I wanted much. to ask. You're, you're quite welcome. Uh, I wanted to ask you, I don't know if you had a chance to listen to any of our, our earlier segment, but we were talking about some uh, the nine tips to sort of uh, you know, uh, get, get uh, juniors sort of involved in the game and, and what to do once they are. So I want to ask you uh, about that. And you know, as we know, golf is a game for life. Um, at least we, we, we believe that. Um, but if you're working with some juniors, uh, especially new juniors, uh, and again, you can pick whatever age group you want. I don't know if you have a specific area that you uh, focus on, but um, what do you think that they should focus on from day one to give them the best chance of getting better? Because uh, I think it's crucial. I think how you start them out uh, when you first start working with them is going to dictate whether or not they're going to sort of see it through to the end. So if you've got uh, some new juniors that you're working with, what do you try to get them focused on from day one? Oh, great question. Um, what, what I try to focus the juniors on, especially, uh, is, is having clubs that fit them. You know, we, we get a lot of parents that say, oh, I'm going to just let them use these clubs until, and I think that's the mistake. If we, if we put them in clubs that are too long or too short and we say, okay, here, try to make this work, I think that is not serving the, the the true picture of how kids are going to be successful or have fun. Because if if they're struggling with clubs that are too long, obviously that we Cindy, you and I both have seen kids that are trying to swing clubs that are as tall as they are and it doesn't work, or just the reverse too short. So in an age bracket of I'm going to say six to ten, um, I've got girls that are. Right from you know the start, I expressed to the to the parents, um, please get them something that is going to be easy for them to swing and hit a golf ball, and they're going to have success. So, in my opinion, it's it's having having the right equipment. It doesn't have to be a five hundred dollar set. You know, I mean, there's there's ways to right. put kids in clubs that that fit them. Um, and then the next thing is, you have to let them just just give them the grip, um, give them the stance, um, tell them, you know, how to put the ball relative to their feet and then give them this uh, like an L to L swing so they can actually have this, this success in a, in a half swing versus uh, take the club all the way back here. Just, just start out, start out small and, um, the testimony to this story is I had, I've taken my girls out on the golf course two weeks in a row on a par three. We played from uh, half, half the distance, you know, 40 yards last week or the week before last week, we actually played from the tee box to the green and all four girls made this from the tee box to the green an average 80 yard shot. So I was so proud of them. And this is a six to 10 year old group. So um, clubs wow. they have their own clubs. So that's, that's my one success story about, about well, kids I, having I, the right, I, right equipment. Yeah, I think that is extremely important. I, I agree with you. You don't have to go out and buy the most expensive golf club. There's ways of, of doing it budget friendly but you're exactly right. Uh, you know, when I was growing up, you know, my, much like you, my father 
uh, you know, introduced me to golf. And of course, back then they didn't have, you know, many of the options they do today. So I had to use some of his old clubs and yeah, they were pretty, they were pretty heavy lip. Now, mind you, I built my muscles up, but um, they were pretty heavy and, and pretty, pretty big. And, but I, the one fortunate thing I had is I'm very, I'm very tall and I was very ch- tall as a child. So uh, the length wasn't really the problem, but they were a little bit heavy. But um, let me just ask you uh, one final question here. Um, and then we, we've got to wrap up, but um, sure. you know, we, Cindy and I have talked a lot on the show about really getting people out of the golf course. So, what would you say about on-course lessons versus just hitting the balls on the range? How important is that? Well, from being a, a teacher on the range for many, many, many years, like Cindy, um, you know, it, it was it, it it actually evolved for me to becoming a priority where it is. It's so important. We, we can't teach people how to play on, on the range. We have to take them out on the golf course. If we want to build, uh, grow the game of golf, we have to get people to the golf course. We can't leave them on the driving range. So flipping the model of, you know, having, having one, one or two times on the driving range and then shifting away from the range to the golf course is, is certainly the way to get people in, interested, keeping them interested and teaching them how to play. And it's not necessarily about the score, but it's just getting them out there in nature, in the beauty, in the, whether it's the spring, summer, or fall. There are so many things to look at. The trees blooming in spring, the summer sunshine, and then in the fall we've got the colors of the trees that are just spectacular all over everywhere. And that's going to keep people excited and being outdoors and being able to, to experience uh, a game where they can just play and have fun and be outdoors with other people and, and socialize with their friends. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think it's extremely important to, you know, to get them out on the golf course as, as early as you can. Um, you know, it's, it's fine to get them started on the range and get them to, you know, learning to hit the ball correctly and so forth and, and, you know, understand the fundamentals, but, you know, you want to be able to get them out to the to the golf course. I think uh, as quick as possible because that's really where the game is played. It's not played on the range. That's just your warm up area and your your practice area. You want to get them in the golf course and really experience the beauty. And I think once they get out there, you'll be hard pressed to get them off of the golf course. So um, those are some great uh, words, Cindy. Any final thoughts or, or uh, question or comments that you have for for Val? No, I just thank you for everything you do. You are so giving and caring, and uh, people that take lessons from you should be absolutely grateful that you are there to help them get better. So thank you. Thank you, Cindy. Thank you, Ted. We we appreciate it, and we, uh, we'll have you join us again uh, sometime uh, in the near future. We enjoyed having you this morning. We appreciate you taking time, and and uh, go out and, and get ready for, for some winter golf and, uh, and bundle up because I know it's going to be I cold. Will, and, <laughs> yes, I will. And, Cindy, the Seahawks play the Buffalo Bills this weekend. Uh-oh. 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 <laughs> it's, it's 50-50. It's 50-50. Is uh, it? We're, we're, pretty, we're pretty evenly matched, so should be a good game. Well, good. Good. All right. Thank you, Bob, All right. Well, Val, so much thank you very much. Today. I, I, re- I really appreciate this. It's been, it's been a pleasure. And as I said to Cindy, I stepped out of my comfort zone to, to uh, participate and support Cindy in, in um, everything. She's, I, I, I probably tell people about her at least five times a week that, that this person is somebody that I just sincerely look up to. And, and uh, every time I'm in her presence, I feel blessed. So thank oh, you, Cindy. Stop. I love you, darling. Wow. You know me. You know me. I do know you. All thank right, Val. You. Well, thank, thank you very you so much, much, Val. And, take and, uh, take we, care. We appreciate it very much. You have a great day. All right, bye-bye. Boy, what a nice way to end uh, uh, end a um, end a segment. Yeah. Is she to just have, made uh, my day. Kind words like that. So. Um, She's a sweetheart. Now you're going to feel bad. You're going to feel bad if the Bills win. <laughs> you're going to feel guilty if the Bills if the Bills beat the Seahawks. Now after all of those, uh, no, I won't. Words, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> no, I won't. 
<laughs> well, as they say, may the best team win. Um, all right. Well, great discussion this morning. I, I enjoyed uh, our earlier discussion on the no BS zone, and, and I appreciate uh, Val stepping out of her box and, and coming on and joining us this morning on the Women of Golf. And we want to thank you guys for tuning in uh, this morning and listening to the show. And we'll be back next week uh, with uh, some more great guests. And uh, we appreciate you joining us this morning. On behalf of Cindy Miller, I'm Ted Odorico. God bless everybody. Have a, uh, a great day and get out there and golf. We'll see you next time on the Women of Golf. Thanks, Cindy. Thanks, Ted. Thanks for listening this morning to the Women of Golf show. Tune in live each week by visiting blogtalkradio.com forward slash women of golf or on any of these social media platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, CastBox, TalkStream Live, and of course Spotify. If you can't join us live, check out our on-demand section for previously aired broadcasts. To get updates for future shows and upcoming guests, you can follow us on Facebook at Women of Golf. You can also follow me on Twitter at Ted and Buck CEO and Cindy at Cindy Miller Golf. Please remember to join us next week on the Women of Golf Show. See you next time. This has been a production of the iGolf Sports Network.